If you have your copy of the scripture, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 65, be looking at verses 17 to 25. This is a great story of hope that the prophet Isaiah is talking about a new heaven and a new earth, which will be for those who trust in Jesus. We'll read together in, uh, in just a moment, but I'll give you a few moments to look there. Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 to 25. When God first created this earth and created mankind, everything was perfect and in perfect order. It says in uh, Genesis, as God created each thing, it was good and it was right and everything was in its perfect place. God appointed man over the earth to look after the, uh, the plants and the animals and to care for the earth he created. But after man fell into the, the temptation of sin, the darkness of sin affected not only the perfect connection that mankind had with God, but it affects all of creation. Mankind longs to return to that fellowship with God, and God provided a way for us to do that through, uh, for all eternity through the relationship with Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God which lives in our heart. And even as followers of Jesus, still we still we see the effects, the effects of sin all around us. There's sickness, there's fear, there's war, there's hatred and violence. We long for a day with no more tears and no more suffering, a day which is promised to all those who trust in Jesus. But the earth as well longs to be returned someday to how it was meant to be, healed and restored. Romans chapter 8, verse 22 to 24 talks about how all of creation, the whole creation, has been groaning as in pains of childbirth up to this present day. Such as, so as we as, we as followers of Jesus groan inwardly, the, uh, the earth as well groans, longing for the day of redemption. Sin affects mankind in so many ways. We live in a broken and a fallen world. Many of us, because of the way uh, the world is today and how we're so interconnected uh, because of uh, technology and, and all that it has brought to us. Many of us here today, many of us right here at, at Lakes Baptist Church are connected with sinful acts of slavery, slavery and exploitation through the products that we buy, through the products that we wear, our clothes and our shoes, the garment factories of Bangladesh, for example, are notorious for their unsafe working conditions and their exploitative ways, the low wages they give to those serving in the factories. India is one of the largest cotton-producing countries in all the world and is known to be a hotspot for uh, bonded labor. In Cambodia, workers often experience discrimination and exploited, often in fact, more often than not, uh, not paid a fair working wage, enough to provide for themselves or their family. I'll give you a, a few examples. Five years ago, many of you may remember hearing the story of the Rena Plaza factory, which collapsed uh, outside Dhaka in Bangladesh. It was among uh, the worst industrial accident uh, the world has ever seen. A tragedy that was compound, compounded by stories of workers leaving the factory uh, before and protesting about huge cracks in the walls and unsafe conditions, but they were forced to go back in by the management and continue to work in the factory. And on that day, 
1,134 garment workers lost their lives because the factory collapsed. This is a collapse which woke up some of the world to how the things that we wear, the things that we buy so cheaply are afforded to us. The conditions in which some of these things are made. Government started waking up to these. Churches started waking up to these. The world started waking up and saying, we can do better. We have to do better. And Isaiah 65, this prophet Isaiah, tells about a new heaven and new earth that will be our home for all those who trust in Jesus as their Savior. After Jesus returns to, uh, to call us to be with Him face to face, He will create a new heaven and new earth, and the old earth, this fallen and sinful world, will be destroyed. And this new, perfect place will be in its place. Look with me in Isaiah 65, verse 17 to 25, a description of this new heaven and new earth. Isaiah says in, in verse 17, See, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but only a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought to be a mere child. The one who falls, uh, sorry, the, way, the one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered a curse. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. Let's pray. God, I thank you. And I praise you for the precious gift of your word. Lord, lead us to it now. Challenge us with it now that we be more like you. We long, that we strive for, that we work toward the restored creation, how you want it to be. Help us, Lord, to be a people of your word, people who seek to follow you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know how, much, how many of you picked up on the contrast, but um, the contrast of that verse, or that passage, uh, verses 17 to 25, and, and how the world is today is so it's alarming, isn't it? You just go, wow, that sounds beautiful. It sounds great. It doesn't sound like anything we experience today. Isaiah points out that this new heaven and new creation, no person will be enslaved because they'll enjoy the fruits of their labor. No one will work for someone else's gain, but will be able to enjoy what they've worked for. You see, exploitation and slavery was never meant to be part of, it was never part of God's original plan, and it will never be part of the new heaven and new earth after everything is restored to God's rule. And so as followers of Jesus, who live sometime in between 
the first creation and this new creation of this new heaven and new earth, we are called to be agents of renewal and to try to do our part, whatever that is, whatever is in our power to do in this fallen and sinful world, to try to reflect as closely as possible this renewed world that is to come. Now, how can we do that? Where do we even start? The task is so big. Baptist World Aid Australia, I mentioned the, uh, the shopping guide, which is available for you today. For the past five years, this organization uh, that we support as a church have been addressing the issue of exploitation and slavery in the fashion industry. They've tried to shed light on companies and what they're doing to, um, to mitigate the risk of, of forced labor and child labor, exploitation, and discrimination in their supply chain and helping the fashion industry to improve the conditions for workers across the board. This week, the, uh, the new fashion guide has come out, and they grade 114 fashion companies, which equates to, uh, to 407 different company brands, uh, brands of clothing out there. And they, they grade them on how well they are doing at caring for people all across the supply chain. You see, we often just think about what the profit is for uh, the companies in our Western culture. We often don't think about where that came from and who made those clothes, who made those shoes or things that we enjoy uh, so cheaply. We just enjoy the cheap prices, don't we? And uh, we, we don't often think about what happens to those who make it. Baptist World Aid have tried to shed light on those companies. And um, today what we want you to do is try to take home, uh, take home a copy of one of those shopping guides Flip through it. Maybe look up your favorite brands. Maybe you don't even know what your brand is. I have no idea. I, I couldn't name, I could probably, anyway, I probably couldn't name five clothing brands. I have no idea what I'm wearing today. Does that show you? So I need to go home today and look up these brands. And it, because, A, I don't do my shopping usually. Thank goodness Lindy does that. Uh, or who knows what you would see up here. Uh, but, B, that just doesn't. It doesn't interest me. Fashion names kind of don't, don't interest me at all. Uh, one time, I was wearing a shirt someone had given me, and Lindy goes, oh, wow, that's uh, whatever brand name shirt it is. And I was like, is it? She goes, no, apparently that's, that's a really, you know, it's a really cool hip brand. So I felt really young there for a moment while I was wearing that. Um, but my kids quickly remind me that I'm still old, even if I'm dressed younger. Uh, but today we want you to have a, a copy of that so you can look through and you can check out some of the companies that you normally shop at or the shops that you normally shop at to see uh, how they're going. We want you to be able to, to see um, how they're doing on their efforts to alleviate exploitation and, and slavery and to give workers a fair go across the whole supply chain, not just here in the West. And to, just to let you know a little bit about it, it, it actually is making a difference. They started this five years ago, as I say. Uh, today, 77% of the companies that they, they surveyed have engaged with the, uh, the survey and are trying to give some information as compared to only 54% in 2013. 42% are beginning to trace uh, their cotton suppliers and find out where they're coming from and how workers are treated as compared to only 17% were doing this five years ago. But there's a lot of work uh, still to be done. Only 5% of companies, only 5% of the companies surveyed in Australia can demonstrate that their workers at the final production stages are getting paid a minimum living wage. Only 7% of the companies which survey, this is 407 brands in Australia, only 7% know where the raw materials even come from. 
and so they can't source uh, whether or not those workers who are on the ground there are being treated fairly. Sorry, many of them technically do know where they come from, but they won't release that information and release the information about whether they're being treated fairly or not. So how as a church in Australia can we respond to things like this? One is to simply try to be fair. It, it sounds cliche-ish, I guess, but uh, in a sense, in this sense, in a shopping sort of sense, money is, is power. And every dollar you decide to spend with an ethical purchase uh, sends a message to companies of how you prefer your clothing and your shoes and things, your apparel, to be made. Every voice that, that speaks out makes a difference. When you take the shopping guide and you, uh, you check it out and you decide to change the way you purchase to make things a bit more ethical, it makes a difference. And that, those dollars across the board affect those companies. And uh, they're going to do things to, to make changes uh, to, uh, uh, to be more ethical or to supply that information so that uh, they, they get the shoppers. Even as a church, we try to do, we don't buy lots of clothes and things as a church, uh, but um, one of the small things we do as, as a church is all of our, our, uh, our coffee, the, the fresh coffee that we have each Sunday is from Sultura and is all ethically sourced. Uh, even the, uh, the instant, the coffee and tea that we serve each week for our morning tea is all ethically sourced. We, um, we have to do more than just talk about wanting to make a difference. We have to try to be intentional about doing our part. You can also be vocal. So much of the, the progress that has been made in Australia over these last five years in this, in this area is because of, of buying power of, of people. It's people in, uh, in the communities and the churches being vocal with the companies and explain, explaining to them what they want. When consumers speak out, companies tend to listen, especially when uh, people speak out in volume, in number, uh, companies pay attention then. We've seen changes not only ethically, not only in, um, in the apparel stuff in Australia over the last few years because of things like this, uh, but we've seen uh, co uh, coffee change in the, in the country. We've seen chocolate change in the, the country. A lot more companies are trying to be ethically sourced because that's what the people are saying they want. We can be vocal about that. This year, Baptist World Aid Australia is also campaigning the fashion brand uh, Dectubra, which again, if I mispronounce that, forgive me because I, know, I have no idea uh, women's companies, uh, women's clothing companies, but they are a, a women and children's fashion label. And uh, Dectubra have been unresponsive for, a multiple, uh, for multiple of these ethical fashion reports, and they've earned the grade of, of F um, in their, their failure to supply the information for several years in a row. And today on the, the table in the foyer, there are some postcards uh, which we send directly to the company, which all you have to do to be part of that, to, to raise your voice in that, is write your name on there and your signature. Okay? You can, if you have an email and you want to provide that, that's optional. But you can write your name, so your name and your postcode, your, your name and your postcode on there. And we can send that, you can leave those on the table. We can send those together as a church and, uh, and have a say that we want to know that the clothing that is, made, uh, that is sold here in Australia uh, is ethically sourced and ethically produced. We have those postcards available for you in the, in the, uh, the foyer uh, for you to either take home or just quickly write your name and postcode and stuff on there and leave those on the table, and we'll send those off. And I think, finally, we need to be open as Christians. I think it's easy 
It's easy for some Christians in a, an age of um, kind of green earth mentality and uh, people talk about tree huggers and, and all that kind of stuff. It's easy for some Christians to get uh, annoyed at uh, this sort of talk that, oh, we need to make a difference through uh, our clothing or to try to leave that for some other group or other people to do. That if that's not your passion, we, we tend to kind of overlook it or ignore it or close our ears and close our minds to it. But we can't be closed-minded as, as Christians. We, we are called to care. We are called to do our part. We're called to make a difference. The Bible has a lot to say about caring for one another and loving one another, making sure everyone and one another are safe and provided for. The Bible has a lot more to say about caring for each other and caring for our earth. Those who are interested to know a bit more detail even about the, the ethical fashion industry. Uh, Baptist World Aid, not, they don't just put out the, the shopping guide. Every year they put out a, an entire ethical fashion report, which we have, uh, which is available to the church for free. We have one copy on the table. I'll challenge you not to take that. It's, a, it's 100 pages. Uh, so if you're really interested in, in ethical shopping and you want to read about companies, uh, let me know, and we can, uh, we can print a copy for you, or we can email that copy to you. We've got a soft copy of that. But there's, an, there's one on the table there for you to kind of flip through and look through. We can do our part to listen to stories, to learn from others, to learn from God the challenge to care. All people, not just in Western culture, not just in Australia or the United States, the UK, all people should have a right to work in a place of their own free will, where there's no slavery, there's no, no exploitation, they're safe, safe working conditions, they're provided for, they're given a fair wage. We're not asking for thousands here, we're not asking for... We're not trying to exploit the companies who are exploiting others. Our goal is to challenge people to give people a fair go. That's the Australian way, isn't it? Have people give a fair go. We demand it in this country for ourselves. We demand it in this country for our families. We need to do more as a church to say we will stand with people in, the, in other countries, those who have no voice, those who are less fortunate, those who are further down the supply chain, that we will stand and say, enough is enough. We need to do more as a country. We need to do more as a government. We need to do more to ensure that companies supply this information and are, in fact, caring for uh, the people down the chain in order for them to produce and to supply things for us in Australia. We need to do more as Christians to make sure that we're not just talking about loving others, that we're not just talking, sending missionaries out to try to care for others in other parts of the world, but that we're doing whatever we can at home with our family, in our ways when we, when we shop to make a difference. I, I, I expressed before I'm not a shopper. I'm not a clothing person. I, you know, I don't know the clothing stuff, but even I who I don't think I have much at all, I've got a lot of clothes. I've got a lot of stuff. You know, you flip through and you go, why do I still have this? Or why have I been keeping this? Usually my wife just chucks stuff out for me and gets, gets rid of that, eliminates that. But 
we have a lot of stuff in our culture. We, we buy a lot of stuff, and we buy a lot of stuff for other people. Let's just try to make sure that what we're buying is not hurting other people. Let's try to make sure that we're doing whatever small part we can as a, as a church family, as followers of Jesus, to care for others and to make sure that people are provided for and afforded those same sort of freedoms, the same sort of liberties and, 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 and protections that we have here. So let's just pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. And thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in you that someday we who are followers of you, we who put our trust and faith in you, will experience a place with no more slavery, no more exploitation, no more corruption, no more sin, no more darkness, no more fear, no more hurt, no more tears will ever dim our eyes. Thank you, Lord, for the new heaven and new earth which will be created for those who trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for that hope. And Lord, in the meantime, as we live in the here and now and in, in this earth, until you come, Lord, help us, challenge us as a church to try to live in such a way as to help people to be cared for, to be loved, to live free of slavery or exploitation, to live in safe conditions to be provided for, the necessities of life. Lord, help us to make a stand. Help us to make a difference. Help us to be a people of your word that doesn't just read it, doesn't just sing about it, but we seek to live it out in every part of our life, the easy parts and the challenging parts. Help us to listen. Help us to learn. Help us to stand with you in making a difference in caring for people in Australia, in our community, and around the world. Help us to be a people of mission that join you in caring and providing and protecting people around the world and sharing the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray.